Welcome to Polymaths, the podcast. We are on episode 11. And episode 11. We're in uh, 2015 as well, so <laughs> Happy New Year from, to everybody from us. Yeah, happy New Year. Um, my name is Chris Frossin. Uh, I'm Ashley Fallon. Oh, sorry. You were... I was going to, but it's alright, you can interrupt me. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Christopher Frossin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at, at Chris Frossin on Twitter. Uh, and I'm, uh, well, I've got a few actually, uh, at Calisthenics UK. Um, at AF Mylac, um, Facebook, Complete Calisthenics. Um, that's probably about it, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want anything else on Facebook. <clears throat> you can also find, if you search for Chris Frosten on Facebook, you can find, um, I don't know whether you can find me personally, but you can certainly find my photography page anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the last the last podcast I did without you, because you were over in Norfolk. Um, yeah, over in Norfolk and Christmas. I was kind of umming and ahhing whether to do one on my own or not, uh, and I ended up doing one on my own because I wanted to talk about some stuff for the new year, um, because you'd been, you'd kind of got to a stage a few weeks before Christmas where you were kind of planning out really religiously what you were doing every day, and you kind yeah. of had some goals set out, and yeah. you were thinking about all that, and I obviously had, I've got a big year uh, coming up in terms of my photography, so I thought, oh no, I'll... I'll kind of set a few goals out um, and have a think about what I want to do and see if I can find some little little things to do every day, like, like for instance, practicing my guitar and practice our archery. Yeah. Um, try and do that every day and read every day. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that on the podcast. So I did the podcast, um, set out a few goals, and then, as you know, um, a guy called Craig Swanson, who is on my Facebook uh, friends list, uh, is the CEO of a company called Creative Live in America, uh, with a with another guy called Chase Jarvis, who you've heard me talk about a lot. Because um, he keeps coming out with little sayings which resonate with me. Mm. Um, but he he dropped up a Facebook status saying, "Look, I'm I'm just starting out. I do it every year. I'm starting out a goal process for 2015. If anybody wants in on this process, let me know." So I dropped him a message. I think I think I sent you a message at the same time saying, "Yeah, yeah are, so are you interested? Do you want do you want to, do you want me to drop your name <coughs> in as well?" And for the last week, we've been kind of running at that. What what did you think when you got the original? Because did you get? Well, I've done. I mean, I, I I've done goals before. I mean, I've been setting some goals, but not as um, not as thorough. As uh, you know, Craig's process was, yeah. and every day you get something new, and it just builds and builds. So now we've got some. I mean, I've I've not I've not kept up to date because I had a bit of work to do. So um, I'm gonna finish the third day today. Yeah. I think which is the, we'll talk about the, the process one. a little bit. I think, yeah, and I then um, I'll try and I'll try and well, I'll catch up over the weekend anyway, and hopefully have the five. Because it was stages. your it was your kind of because um, I, I I sort of knew that I needed to needed to set some goals if if this year was going to work. Yeah. Um, and, you mean um, what? What with you doing photography in terms full-time of in terms of full time photography and yeah. and not wanting to not wanting to kind of waste waste my opportunity and um, as as we've went through this process that uh, as as we've been going through this process for the week I've been almost realising that I get a bit disappointed when I don't feel I'm reaching my potential don't feel I'm uh, kind of achieving as much as I think I should be. Um, so I think that hit home a little bit over Christmas, and I thought, well, I don't want to fail myself this year, so I'll start setting some targets. And I had, I mean, um, the, the, basically the thing I had, so, so that you, everybody knows, I'd written out, this was before, this was on Christmas Day, just before I did the podcast, 
I'd written out uh, an A4 sheet. I'd put Arnie's six rules up at the top, which is I know something that you do because you've got those up on up on your wall. Yeah, I love those six. And then I wrote down um, some things that I wanted. So I want to shoot for Banzai. Uh, I wanted to shoot more classic cars, so uh, more of the the vintage. The magazine is Banzai magazine. Yeah, yeah Banzai yeah. magazine. Uh, it's car magazine. It's a Japanese uh, car magazine, and uh, I do like my Japanese cars. I wanted to shoot some more classic stuff. I wanted to uh, to learn how to play the guitar better, uh, shoot archery, uh, get better at archery, and then there were a few little things like read more um, and stuff like that. There was literally just thrown on a page in, in a list, um, and I wanted to do that. And then that email kind of popped up. I was like, well, there's no better time really. It was almost coincidental, um, and obviously the further down the process we've come as well, it's. It's been really eye-opening in terms of um, what we've been doing. Um, do you want to talk about the first first thing? Because you had, did I, I send you the first email, didn't I? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I had, I've had goals in, in the past and stuff, but it, it was just for me. It was, it was, uh, I had, you know, just a number of a number of projects I had going yeah. on at one time, and I, to, yeah. to solidify it in my mind. I mean, I've got lists on my computer and stuff, but I wanted it on a on a sheet of paper. I think that was stuck the biggest wall. difference. I think um, the list. That was it. And I, but I didn't have any. I mean, so uh, my chart I've got here. We've got uh, career or business goals, money goals, friends or family goals, health and personal or um, experiences goals. I think they were just personal. On, yeah. On Craig's thing, but I put experiences. Um, yeah, personal slash experiences. So I'd never done that before, and I'd never done a short term, mid term, and long term. Yeah. And I'd never. Uh, I knew that I was going to do, okay, I need to do this book, whatever. But I've got other ones on here. So it's like long-term goals, like sell a screenplay, have a screenplay made into a movie, have a book, book series made into a movie or series of movies, get a book on the New York Times bestseller list. Mm. Um, I'd never done that. I'd, I'd thought about those sorts yeah. of goals, but never put them down on paper. Never put them down on paper. The, and they were... And it, I thought it was a really strange, not particularly strange, but almost an alien process yeah. of actually writing them down. Because I think everybody's had goals. I mean, I, I, I've been a tennis coach for seven years, and the way that they, uh, the, the, one of the ways that you kind of develop as a tennis coach is you have a better understanding of setting goals for your clients and for your students. So actual goal setting as a tennis coach is actually quite important. And I, I know all about midterm, yeah, short-term, midterm, and long-term goals, but never really associate, not really associated, but never applied it to things like this. To your own stuff, yeah. Um, so it's been quite an. In- I mean, the first what was the, the first process was 101 yeah, bucket list, list items, yes. which yeah, so we had to. Um, basically, it was it was a weeks a weeks kind of process that Craig goes through, and he was going to email everybody on the list um, who kind of replied and said yes, let me get me get me into this, uh, an email a day saying what he did, and the first one was 101 bucket list items so just just throw down and it was uh, what was the reason the reason was to to get your creative dream childlike dream state back wasn't it so because when you were at school yeah i mean you also said that um they don't even even need to be necessarily attainable realistic yeah like you know i I want to go on a trip um into space maybe on like virgin galactic or whatever you might never be able to afford it or you might change it whatever but you just put that down and and, you know you just experience zero gravity i think it was five thousand dollars but it'd be awesome to experience zero gravity Uh, yeah so i think that one went on there Uh, but um i thought that was a an interesting because as soon as you say that uh, i mean if you ask anybody Oh, could you list 101 bucket list items? Yeah, yeah, of course could. 
Whereas actually, when you come down to actually write them it's down, difficult. you get to 20. I think I got to 20 and then flagged for ages. Uh, and then I think I went from 20 to about 70. And then kind of the last 30, I was just kind of slowly ticking them off. Mm. But um, how did you find that process? I didn't get any 100. Did you not? Now, I don't know whether that's because I've, I've got, maybe I've got a narrower field of interest. But I didn't want to put ones down that are the traditional ones like maybe climb Everest or swim with dolphins or these sorts I think of things. I, put, I didn't put um, Everest. I think I put climb a mountain in a hot climate. Not climate, right, yeah. Um, so rather than, uh, like if you put climb a mountain, it was like the more going climb Ben so Everest. I just so thought, climb ben I mean, some of mine that I've got, um, they're sort of, they're, how many have I got there? Probably 25 or so. So that was just on this grid? Yeah, on this grid, like things like um, learn to shoot a compound uh, a compound bow, an archery bow. Um, go somewhere to see the Milky Way galaxy. An archery. It was the one that you said that when you sent it to me, so, um, go and see a, a a rocket launch. But then go and see the Mars. Yeah, when they go to Mars, go and see the Mars rocket launch. Navarro. Yeah, live. Um, uh, that's what we so that, I mean, that was that went straight up mine as soon as um, you said that. I was like, that is. So awesome. they're they're a bit more different than the, the typical, you know, the, the ones you see in magazines of, you know, the bucket yeah. list. So uh, they're a bit more personal to me so that, I think maybe that's why I struggled coming up with so many because I was thinking maybe I was thinking too much about uh, you know along the lines of can Realistic, I actually physically yes. do this I mean I think one of mine was well I mean that as, as soon as I heard it I was like oh wouldn't it be cool to stand on Mars well no, hang on hang on let's back up a bit because that's not this, I mean it's a bucket list item but that's no way you're yeah. achievable at all yeah um uh, but I suppose that's the whole point of the process of actually letting that side of you mind free a little bit more but, I mean one of the first ones I went on mine was and I never even thought about it before was buy a car in Japan and drive it back to England or drive it back home right, because yeah. then later on in the list it was uh, live in another country was was pretty much uh, pretty straight on there um, trying to think of some of the other ones that I had on there experience zero gravity was watch a, watch a rocket launch Um any sort of uh... there was there was things like drive drive the gumball, drive the gumball rally, oh, um, wow. yeah. race, so motor race, actual motor race rather than just go on track day, um, which I think I mean that's that's very very achievable. Top Gear did that for fifteen hundred quid. Uh, it's not 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 an issue, um, especially with the kind of car knowledge and the car group that I've got. Kind of going down yeah, Bristol. I mean, one of, yeah, I mean, one of my friends has just picked up a Peugeot 106 that he's stripping out. He's just going to have a giggle and, and probably end up racing that on the track at some point. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the next process after that, so he did the. It was a two days of getting the bucket list up, and then he created a Facebook group and said, "Look, come and chat and share and everything." Uh, and then the next one was that grid. Do you want to talk about that grid? Because that was. I found that really difficult, and he said one of the things that was said was, "You'll be able to trans transfer your bucket list items onto the grid, and then almost more important than the ones you're filling in are the empty spaces in the grid." Yeah, and I don't know whether you, but I had the money. What what are the, what are the grid sections? So the, well, the grid is across the top. You've got short term, which I put as one year. Mid term is by a five year goal, and then long term, I think was. 15 uh, or 25. 15 25 but I put 5 to 25 because yeah, I have I, a, put 15. I have a bit of a 5 year um, uh, overall goal in, in mind anyway so I just yeah. put right 1 year because I've, I've got a lot of things happening this year and then 5 years and then 5 to 25 years which is 
when I'll have kids and I'll be into, what will I be, 25 years, uh, you know, 40, 56. Yeah, exactly. 56. I mean, I, I put, that yeah, was another thing he said, you make, make, it, make sure it's personal to you. Yeah. So when you put one year, five years, 15 years, put your age and put the put people that you know. Well, that's what I've done. So yeah. I put, I mean, after 15 years, I'm going to be 49, which is scary. But then what are you going to be in 49? What, what are you going to be doing at 49? Um, so yeah, go on, Karen. So you got the top ones are short, mid, and long term, and then yeah. down the side. Down the side, I've got career, business, and then money, uh, friends and family, health, and then personal, personal slash experiences. experiences. So I've got. I mean, yeah, I've only got. A f- I never thought about the money one before. I mean, I, I I had an idea, of kind of what I wanted to earn, but I'd never put a figure towards it, and I never put it down in black and white. Yeah, I never That's thought about. Yeah, and I'd never had a goal. I found that really difficult. And I think Craig said he found it very difficult, uh, which is one of the reasons why he talks about money as much as he can now, because you've almost got to be comfortable talking about money. I think I had one one of mine, actually. I had a seller photo from Fryfig or something. Um, and I think one of Craig's was make a transaction, of a, uh, make a single transaction for a million dollars. I think that was one of his. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just found the money one. So my money one was empty for a long time. Uh, I filled the career one up very quickly. I filled the health one up very quickly, and I filled the personal experiences up very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got more in my personal experiences than I have in yeah. the career one. But I mean, I, I think that's just because I haven't thought about that enough yet. But yeah, the money I hadn't sort of an idea of what I wanted. Uh, but for me, it's, it's kind of difficult because I, I I've got an idea of the base level of money that I'll make say this year, but I don't know what it could go up to. It it, it could go either way. So for me, I mean, uh, uh, I've got, I've published Complete Calisthenics, the the uh, bodyweight exercise book that I've done in English, which is available ebook and paperback and yeah. and things like that. But um, there's a, a German translation coming in the spring. Then I've been told by my publisher they've got a Spanish deal on the go, and I'll, they might have a Chinese one on the go. So there's yeah, no way there's no cool way for me to um, know what the sales are going to be like. It might be really good. It might be what I'm expecting, it might be yeah. much lower, um, so I've got no idea. Especially when it's like your first venture into it. Yeah. I mean, you've got an idea of how well it sold when you were self-publishing it, and then how well it's selling with a publisher. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I, how, well, how well is how well is a, yeah. Because I mean, I'm make, I making enough money now, and, it, and it's, it's, I mean, I've, I'm glad that I've done it and most of them are in personal experiences. I'm glad yeah. most of them are in there. Yeah. I didn't want them to be just all about money, but there's only so many that you can do with, with money, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I've, put up, I've put things like buy a house with no mortgage in the money bits because I think that's related to money. That I suppose that could be career or experiences, yeah. maybe, or friends or oh, family. No, it's completely related to money. That is, um, that is, I think that's grounded in the money section. Yeah. And I think the interesting, the interesting part about that was the next day when he sent the next day email about and said it's not about the goal it's about the emotion you feel it was just put a why next to it yeah so a lot of people so go why... for goals and don't have they they, they that's what he, he wrote that um you achieve a goal and you then you have feel, you feel a bit empty you got no because you had no emotional attachment yeah. you were doing it because well you don't know because why you were expected it. to yeah, you're yeah. brought out of school. Why are you going to earn twenty grand? Yeah. Well, well, you've got to go to uni. Well, why do I have to go to uni? Yeah. Well, because it's the done thing. Well, I think he he did know. a really good kind of analogy with his fitness one from two years ago because he had 
uh, what was it? Fit, fit and thin. Was he slightly overweight and then he was, he was looking yeah. to lose weight? So he wanted, he wanted to be fit and thin, um, fit in size 32 jeans and something else. But when, when he kind of thought about it that, he, he attributed being fit and thin with being less powerful. And being less powerful kind of associated with pride and stuff. So he lost the emotional attachment for that. So he changed it, didn't he? And he to bought, be stronger. He bought to be strong and powerful, fit size 32 jeans. And he said that had a bit more of a mm. emotional contact with himself. Um, because he, he was then feeling proud and, and powerful about what he was doing. And it didn't kind of lack that powerful uh, when it, re- re- uh, it um, folded over towards the career side. Mm. Uh, which, I, I mean, I read that and was almost lost in terms of, well, if I do get that, then how am I going to feel? And I was really struggling with linking goals to emotions. Because I haven't done that yet, and I'm, I'm, I was thinking about it today. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done it yet. I'll do it tomorrow, but um, or maybe later on tonight. But I, I've not, yeah, I've not really, I've not really, I mean, I, I think I have an idea of, of a lot of these. Yeah. Um, like, for, I mean, I've got one in my the five to twenty-five goal to at some point stand another Saturn five um, rocket that's all that's all suspended. Yeah, see so how um, that's going to make you horizontally. Feel. Yeah, so I've got to think about how that's going to make me feel, and, and you know, I mean, I'll probably connect that back to my dad telling me stories about the, the moon island and stuff when he was when he was sort of nine or ten years old, um, uh, you know, watching launches on YouTube and think and just thinking what how you know I want to stand all, underneath it and all, see the yeah. engines and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it gives um, it's. Recently, I've been watching lots of documentaries as well. About uh, there was one about Queen that I watched, one about Pink Floyd. Uh, obviously, the Human Universe stuff with Brian Cox. Yeah. I've been getting like lots of goosebumps watching things and, and just feeling a little bit in awe of everything that's been going on. Um, so a lot I think of that's mine. It. It's a strong emotion. A lot of yeah, it is. Uh, and I think I need to kind of tap into that one because a lot of mine seem to be well, what would you do if this happened? Well, I actually feel really proud of myself. Um, and then also um, when I was hearing that I was inspiring people to do something, so I don't know. Can you remember Sham at David Lloyd? Yep. Worked at um, in DL Kids. Um, she was. I was talking to her when she came and helped at a tennis camp, um, and I was like, "Oh, you got you got some legs on you. You look like a really strong uh, kind of out of the blocks. Uh, you you should do sprinting or something." She said, "Oh yeah, I used to be. Sp- I used to do sprinting." And we had a conversation for about 20 minutes, and then next week she came up to me and said, because of that conversation that I had with you, I'm now going to start sprinting again. And that made me feel really proud. And I was actually quite surprised at how, how proud I felt having inspired somebody else. Just for, Yeah, just from a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to try and kind of drop that into a, into a goal. Um, and I mean, one of, the, one of my bucket list items was to write a book. And I was thinking about that. I think I mentioned it to you earlier. I said, well... What kind of book would you want to write? I don't think I'd like to write a novel like you. I think I'd rather write. Depends. I mean, one day you might kind of maybe you might come up with an idea. Well, yeah. An idea might occur to you. Think, bloody hell, that's a good plot, or that's a good yeah. such and such. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I mean it was it was it was really cool because I've got a YouTube channel. If anybody wants to have a look at my YouTube channel, if you search for Chris Frosson on YouTube, I've got a YouTube channel with loads of photography tips and tricks. And it was really cool, kind of hearing back from people. Saying thank you for th- things like that, just putting up a YouTube video on how to basic editing in Lightroom, how to how to look at it, and and the feedback you get from that. So I think I think mine might be an overrunning theme of pride running through on mine, mm. um, from what I from what I was 
writing down. Only are you quite chuffed that it's not? They're not sort of monetary goals. Yes. Yeah. So very, I, I was quite very. surprised because I, I, I was. My parents are quite sort of. Um, they sort of judge success on. Uh, you know, oh well, if you make such and such money, you're more successful and yeah. stuff. Whereas I, I don't really. I, I can see why they think that. Yeah. Um, uh, Unless, but being happy in your job and being, you know, I, I sort of was chatting to them over Christmas and and um, we got onto talking and stuff about success and and they said some. Like my brother owns a lot of money down yeah. in London, a lot. What well, him and his wife do, massive house and stuff. It's a lifestyle they they want to lead and they and they do really well. They both work ridiculously yeah. hard for it. Um, but it's you know my dad says something like, oh you know if if some of these deals go through for, for the books you you know you might be might be overtaking Greg and you know but I, I was like well it doesn't matter if I earn more money than Greg or less money than Greg it's, it's I said at the moment dad I get to I get to wake up every day <laughs> and I can just create yeah and that's and, it yeah I get like like today we've been out yeah. we didn't have any coaching today um, but then you've got a couple of shoots tomorrow and Sunday yeah so we spent most of the day shooting. We've spent, we've come spent back it, yeah. and we, we, we do the podcasts and stuff, you know, and it's, to me, that's, that's the success, and I only want, the money is only important to me, um, to be able to, for the future, to say, have to say no to things, yeah, and to be set up financially for, for the family, yeah. you know, I wouldn't See, want that to that was where, to... that was, I was trying to, because obviously you can put, earn £50,000, but then, how do you know that £50,000 is the right amount? So I, I think I phrased it as not having to say no to things I wanted to do. That's a good way, yeah. That's uh, a very good I think that was, I, was, I was trying to word it, because that was another thing. I was really struggling, and like all the other goals and everything, I could just scribble down, learn how to do a compound bow, uh, learn, how to, learn how to play the guitar better, be able to play, I don't know, be able to play, for, for want of putting a number on it, learn to play 10 REM songs, something like that. Yeah. Um, but then when you get to the money bit, it's like, well, I'm, I'm, it was really difficult to put it down in black and white. I found, um, and I'm not that sort of person. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, actually, especially as I've I've started to earn more. Um, for comparatively or, or less effort, it's not to say I don't work hard. I do, but it, it's um, a lot of the money I earn now is kind of like, you know, if you made a film or something, or if you took a photograph, yeah. and then you had a royalty in that photograph, you get paid for it. Yeah. But you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to go out and take that photograph every week. It's, you've done the work for the photograph, yeah. You know, yeah. And then you get paid. For it. Yeah. So it's kind. Of, it's kind of like that. That situation now. And I mean, I, but then I've I've got more projects on the go now than I have have done yeah, before same, same. because I've got the time now, and, and I want I want to keep doing more and more projects and stuff, keep getting better. But I, I I've started to think of it as more like a, a necessary evil. You know, it, it's I. It would be it'd be ideal if we you know if we lived in an ideal world, there wouldn't be money. We'd be able to do things, and and you know you'd be able to go out and trade either um, services for food, yeah, clothing, whatever yeah. you needed. Yeah. But this is not. I think we've had that possible. discussion before, isn't it? What would happen if you removed yeah. money from the world? So I'm just thinking, you know, it, it, if we have to, you know, if if a foreseeable future, me, you know. Our partner, our children, grandchildren, whatever, how many generations online have to use money, you might as well make it work for you yeah. instead of against you. You know, I mean, you can, you can, I mean, I've gone through times where I'm thinking, well, got a bit disillusioned and had shit jobs, you know, sort of 10 years ago, I think, oh, well, you know, I'm earning minimum wage, how can I survive on this? Other people are earning more, you get a bit of dis- you know, it, it kind of drags you down, you think, you know, 
how people are making money, how are they doing this, how, yeah. how, you know, all, all this sort of stuff, and it, and it gets you into a ne- negative mind state. And I don't, yeah, totally. I, don't, I think it was I Kev- Kevin Smith said um, in one of his podcasts again. I keep going back to Kevin Smith. But he said some, he said something along the lines of money is very easy to get. It's very easy to obtain money. It's then what you do with that money that defines who you are, sort of thing. It's pointless. It's pointless just hoarding. I mean, I know some people that have that have um, that have a lot of money and they don't do anything with it. Yeah. And my dad knows a guy that um, doesn't really have any hobbies, so he amasses all this money. Doesn't drive a nice car because he doesn't like spending money. No children. <laughs> no children. Or what are you going to do? With I suppose if you had ne- the uncles and nieces, he could pass that on. But you can't take it with See, you. I've never he doesn't had... do any. He doesn't do anything when he goes on holiday. He's Doing other other sorts of sorts of work. I mean, if he enjoys that, then I, I can't really I can't I, yeah. uh, I can't really say any more. Yeah, I've, never, he, I've never really had a problem not having a hobby, not having something to do. No, I was doing so, too much. I mean, even even back when I was like eighteen, nineteen, um, even before that, I was I was painting, painting models or making models. Or uh, after that, I did some bonsai trees for a while. I did I did archery. I did rifle shooting. Uh, I did fencing for three years, play chess for goodness sake, play chess for Derby, mm. just just things that take up your time, um, but oh, thanks, uh, no, it was really cool. Wow, wow. she almost just bought some, made like apple drops or something. Was uh, well, now one pound, some fast fruit selection sweets, right? Wow. So we're going to be... Yeah, okay, I'm not that one yet, so I'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the end of the podcast. Um, What's three pounds? How can you sell these for three quid? Metal jar? <laughs> He's got a metal jar. It's heavy. But, I mean, it's yeah. But I, I mean, I think the numbers I have put on my, you know, for the money are a bit arbitrary. I know I put earn a hundred thousand pounds in this year, um, and then in the mid five year term, buy a house and a mortgage or earn earn a million. Yeah. But then I think that's just a it's just a number. I don't even think I need a number on that. And then long term five to twenty five is be set up financially or own one to. Ha- Five houses for rental income. Yeah, I think I put rent a house, rent a house out. Yeah, in rent my house, five yeah. five years. Yeah, unearned. Go, the government but call that unearned income. Unearned income. Unearned income. So yeah, you're not ta- taxed it. on it. Oh, so they yeah. still find a reason to tax us on it. Yeah, Who so. was it? It was uh, it was Queen. They were interviewing. Uh, they were talking. That was on the Queen on that Queen documentary that I was watching. They were talking to um, Brian May. And he was saying that he, uh, because of what he earned, he was paying eighty-four percent tax, and then another fifty well, uh, on a certain rate above. On his rate, yeah. So yeah. on on on. Uh, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't pay eighty-four million on a hundred million. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. But uh, over whatever million. it was, so over he was paying, he was paying over million. over seventy percent, seventy grand, was it? I don't know. I I think, anyway, think, uh, yeah. over the threshold, he was paying eighty. Let's get this right. So it was eighty. Three eighty-three percent tax, and then he was paying another fifteen percent tax on the savings as well. So he wasn't spending it. So he was getting eighty-four percent tax on his earnings, and then fifteen percent tax on the savings. So he was paying ninety-six percent tax. Above his, yeah, yeah, it's obscene. Okay. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. That's just stupid. And I, don't, um, I don't see. I don't. Know, I'm becoming more and more disillusioned with. With people that, um, I mean, I, I've definitely had the the opportunities there. Yeah. Um, but then again, 
I didn't really go to an amazing university. I didn't get much out of it. Uh, I went to a pretty good sort of secondary school, grammar school. Um, but then I know people without that haven't had any opportunities and have done they're in a much better position financially than me yeah. at, at my yeah. age. So I don't I don't know. It's you see a lot of things. I mean, we might have been talking about it last week or, or not last week. Sorry, the, the previous podcast or well, one before number nine um, about you know sort of higher taxation rates and people moaning about oh yeah, yeah they, people should be taxed higher. So it's like well you wouldn't be saying that if you were in that position. It's almost as if they, they say well these people aren't entitled to the money that they've earned. Well they are. It's you know you can't you can't really gauge how and I think there's there's a discrepancy between working hard and working smart i mean you can work as hard as anyone ever has in a and job that just can't physically deliver, pay yeah. you more yeah. that's completely possible so i think that's it took that, me a I long time to very that. i think that's very evident in america yeah. i'm not sure about it over because i think i mean for instance as a sales as a sales um, person at david lloyd who's just does all the sales and everything not hit target for well, I'm not sure whether he's hit target since he's been there, uh, but he just kind of rocks up, does a handful of sales, and then goes home again. So obviously he's not working. But then there are over in America, uh, and maybe that's a difference in terms of um, having to tip. There are people who want a career as a waitress. So they, I like they can, that. I think there's, I a, lot, there's, I a, lot, like there's a lot to. I, I mean, think I think they to say about it. They, I they think don't they appreciate hard work a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether the tax system over here or the benefit system over here has bred. We're getting completely off topic, uh, but has kind of bred that lazy, lackadaisical. I don't need to work. Like we said a few times ago, a few weeks ago, there should be so many hoops for you to jump through to get your benefits. It's almost easy to go and get a job. Yeah, um, that's what I've said a lot of time. Time again, it, it, it's the. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing with America is that it's 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 really cliche, but it is the land of opportunity. You know, yeah. you, you hear Annie say it all the time. You hear all these people that say, if you can't do, you know, you go to America, you can do whatever you want. If you want to become the president, you just got to work hard and become the president. Yeah, and that's what people have done. Yeah, <laughs> Barack Obama did. It's what all the people. But but you know, but it, it's if the thing's there for the taking. If you don't want to take it, then you know, don't don't take it. it it's um, I mean, I admire that about it. I, th- I think you know they don't, you know. But I suppose then you're gonna get a lot of people say in poverty and, and these sorts of things, or, or that are just down on the luck. Um, so do you think there's a I greater think, before we get back onto the goals again? Because I want to kind of keep going on the goals. Do you think yeah. there's a greater poverty divide in America than over in England? I don't know really. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't say for for sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I mean surely some of the richest people in the world have got to be have got to be an American businessman, or and then you got people you know you've got people in food, living on food stamps. So maybe the gulf between rich and poor is is alright. I mean I know they have a lot of um, you know there's probably quite big racial divides between. But then again, even you know people like Oprah, yeah, you know, they've got Barack Obama's president. It 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 can be done. Um, I'm not saying it, it's. The, the opportunities are going to be exactly the same for say a, a, a white college graduate and a, and a black college graduate or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe it's much much harder for the for the black a black college graduate to get ahead. Um, but it it has to. But Oprah's a billionaire. Yeah. It, it can't. It yeah. must it must be able to be done because it's been. I was done. actually quite surprised with 
um, how how much how could it, how do you phrase this? How disliked in certain areas people are in America. So, for, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow was one that popped up on Facebook a, a few days ago, and I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. why, why, why does America seem to hate Gwyneth Paltrow? I, I think she's kind of cool, but no, apparently she's not <laughs> over in America. And yeah. Jay Leno as well. Jay Leno uh, did, was it The Tonight, tonight Show? I think he did it The Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, Hollywood were trying to um, push him out for years and years and years. Um, but he was so successful at the way he did it and the way he uh, pitched the Tonight Show at the majority of the of America. But then when he left, um, it was it was just the way media flipped it or something. And now everybody he's not particularly well liked or something. Mm. It's the 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 difference in in how media affects things over in America seems to be. Staggering sometimes. It's weird for us over here. I mean, if, if you're listening in America, for, for us in the UK, it's a lot of the time. I mean, I don't watch TV. I don't think I don't think you watch much on the TV. And it's so it's, it's. But when you do see stuff in the media about America, it's it's a lot of the time. It's either West Coast or East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Hardly nothing, anything in the middle. Yeah, there's nothing um, Texas. And there's a massive gulf of millions, hundreds of millions of people in the middle. Mm. You know, um, it's all Washington, California, or uh, Seattle and um, San Francisco. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, get back onto goals. What yeah. Were you, uh... So, right. So we had the. So we did the goal grid, which was a short, medium, and long term, and then that was split into career, business, money, friends and family, health, and uh, personal experiences. Personal experiences. I was just piling stuff in. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we were talking. They were talking about the why. So rather than getting the goal, it was more about why you wanted it and the emotion that you were feeling getting towards it. Um, and then. So I guess, but because if you can't, if you've got a goal down there, and you can't think of an emotional attachment. There's not really Maybe much reason not, to keep it there. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to achieve it, and then, like you said, you just. Well, I mean, empty. otherwise, it just becomes like a box ticking exercise. Mm. Well, you know, you want to you want to hike up a mountain for what? Uh, I don't know. I saw somebody do it on TV. Well, yeah, you just take it off then, cause that, yeah, because you might you might have one. Well, you might have one that's that's maybe less impressive to other people. So it might be. I mean, I've got I've got one. Uh, well, I've got go hiking in the Canadian Rockies or, or camp in the Canadian Rockies. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not Everest. It's not Kilimanjaro. Well, I, think, I think one of mine for me, was, it, it yeah. Would be, I think one of mine was um, interview a, a polymath for this podcast. Yeah. So a real find, one. find, find well, a real pretend. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> Find a real polymath who <laughs> we may well talk about later on. Find a real polymath and interview him on the podcast. I think that would be awesome. Um, I can think. I can think of a handful. Uh, well, more than a handful. I can think of plenty, uh, but yeah, just things like that just maybe wouldn't seem impressive to other people, but yeah. would definitely make me feel goosebumps. Go, definitely give me goosebumps. If you like Christopher Nolan sat over there and we're interviewing him for the podcast, I'd just have like goosebumps really good. Yeah, uh, the amount of questions you could ask somebody yeah. like that, especially about their creative process, because they're normally quite. Um, oh, absolutely, that's that's really way. that was, was ridiculous. Do you want to talk about that next, or we'll do you want to keep? Because yeah. the, the next bit on this, because I thought it was quite interesting how the, the process, if you think about the process, so the first bit he was, uh, it was all important to dream and kind of getting back into that childlike dream state of um, uh, just dreaming and being imaginative and creative. Um, and then it was setting the goals out, wasn't it? And then it was not thinking about the goals and actually thinking about what it made you feel to make sure that the goals were almost correct. And then the last one... Um, was actually you've not read today's email have you so there was one yesterday no, no, no. that was about habits so uh, we were 
trying to create a daily stroke weekly habit that would help us attain the goal. So, I mean, for the sake of argument, one of my goals might have been to save um, to save £365 in a year. So well, one of the daily habits would have been put a pound in a, in a, in a jar. So that's my daily habit sorted to achieve my goal. Dead um, simple. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so the, the habits were then coming out. And I was, that was another one that I was like, well, because he said, um, try and pick one at the, mo- at the most two sections and see if you can plan out some habits that are going to help you get there. Um, so obviously I picked the career photography. Uh, and I think I might drop in a couple of archery and personal experiences in there as well. So they've got to be like tape photos every day. Yeah. Look at other people's work and. It's things like so I want to, I want to be able to shoot a personal project every week, um, but during the week each day is going to be building up to the personal project. So the personal project will be shared on either my website, on my blog, on my Facebook page, on Twitter, or whatever like that on the Friday. That then each day will have a tick box. Okay, well, I'm going to pre-visualize on Monday. I'm going to prep on Tuesday. I'm going to go out location scouting on Wednesday. I'm going to do this on Thursday. And they're going to edit and, and process on Friday and put, get it up. And things like that. So it was a weekly target. I think Susan Roderick had that as well. Said, how, how, can I, how can I set this? But I think if I did it every day, it'd be too much. So you set a weekly target and then have little sections each day to get up to it. Mm. Um, so that was that was probably going to end up being one of my habits, uh, pre-visualizing as well. But I mean things like things like reading a book, um, trying to read every day, because uh, I want I wanted to be more. Uh, not just kind of more well-read and more articulate. Yeah. Uh, in terms of vocalizing what my, what's going on in my head. I see what I mean. Yeah. Or just or having access not not necessarily having access to a, a bigger vocabulary, but having access to more ideas or or, or yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Which is another reason why I, I really enjoy doing podcasts because it's obviously vocalising. Because you think, it gets it gets you think well. It's got me thinking a lot more about mm. um, processes and things. I think since I've started, definitely since thinking about writing these goals and then doing it, or just over the last say week or so. Yeah. Um, They've just become a bit more real, and that before, yeah, because they're only in your head. Yeah, uh, and before <laughs> I didn't see myself being able to do it, but now I'm like, well, actually, actually, if I do this, especially for for, uh, I mean, obviously for you it'd be completely different, but for me, getting the, the translations, I'm like, right, well, it could mean that I could do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you start it, seeing it's, steps. It's kind of like it's kind of like, well, shit, actually. Start, it's, cause, start it's almost like the stages of, of like open up in front of you. It's almost like it's, I, I, I was trying to think of an, an analogy for 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 the podcast the other day about how how it sort of made me feel and stuff. And it was kind of like before I was on a a like uh, a choppy ocean yeah. in just a proper shitty rocky <laughs> dinghy. Up shit creek. And now power. and now it's it's every, every every day every week that passes and every when these goals get a bit more solidified in my mind, it feels like the the boat's just getting a bit more solid, yeah. a bit more ballast in there, a bit, yeah. bit, bit more stable and stuff. And eventually, you know, once we're at that sort of three year, five year, whatever, it will just be rock solid. Rock you know. solid, steady. Um, yeah, that's good. That's the kind of best analogy I, uh, I thought. Um, but I, I found it very enlightening to kind of get it down in black and white because I'm not a list person. I've never, I've not really been a list person for a long time. I've never been to much stuff in no. uni or. No, that's the frustrating school. thing as well. And you don't, you don't really realise, when you're a kid, people, you know, 
And maybe in America they, they're different, but in, in the UK you're not really told you you can become an astronaut or the prime minister or whatever. Maybe in some schools, I got told I could be. Teachers. I think I got told I should be an aircraft um, engineer. Yeah. So as in not, 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 no, 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 not an aircraft engineer, as in somebody who makes the aircraft. Um, an aircraft engineer, somebody who goes out on the on the runway if it's broken. All right. That yeah. aircraft engineer, I can't remember what oh, they called it. Teacher. I was like, yeah, thanks for that. That yeah. was that that came out as top on my. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, it was like a career thing that you put in, answered loads of questions, and it said you should be an aircraft engineer. Mm. Aircraft, aircraft. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I think the next one was something like a forester or something stupid. But yeah, it's, these these are the things. But then, if you got taught this at school, would you be listening? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I think, probably wouldn't have been. Because this is another thing that I think we. You, I'm slightly frustrated that it's taken me this long because I'm now 34. It's taken me this long uh, to be able to get to a point where I can realise and look back in hindsight that this is the way to go forward sort of thing. But maybe it has to happen this yeah. way. Like, I, I think we would... I don't think we said on the podcast, but I think Ricky Gervais, after winning his two like, Grammys or Emmys or something for... Yeah. Golden Globes, was it two Golden Globes? For, for The Office. Yeah. Apparently on the, on the ride home or later on, he said to his girlfriend, Jane, why didn't I do this before? Because mm. he was like 40 odd then. Yeah. And she's turned around and said to him, because he wouldn't have been any good. Yeah. Because he couldn't have done it at 20 or 25 because he hasn't had enough life experience. He hadn't, he yeah, hadn't exactly. worked in an office for 10 years. Because it took right? me, yeah, I, I hadn't worked. I, I, if, for me to become a tennis coach, I, need, I almost needed to work in an office and feel like depressed and fed up that I'd have to get up and get there at 7 o'clock in the morning and then get back at 3 o'clock and then crash exactly. for four hours because I was just shattered. So yeah. having a wee in the background? Yeah. <laughs> Fill <of> a new bottle. <laughs> Must have some more water. Good, actually, yeah. That's There's a cool one. There as well, look. It's not quite as good as a bungee one, I got. It's not. Actually. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but is if you kept if you kept teaching that to kids every generation, every new new class that came, would through, you get earlier and earlier? Would it just be like would it or not necessarily earlier and earlier? If you did that in say once you get to the like preparing for their GCSEs, right? GCSEs are important, but you can. Yeah, I'm going to eat it in a bit. Swan's just pointed out a soup. It's really nice <laughs> soup. It's really yeah. nice, sweetheart, but it, we wanted to get started and it was too hot. Sorry. Um, as I said, yeah. So if you started teaching it to every GSSE student, say, yeah. or, or in that, in you know, year nine or whatever it is in the UK, um, and it would just become routine then, and then parents would get used to it, kids would get used to it, they'd tell their younger brothers and sisters, oh, you're going to do goal setting next year. W- would it yeah. make a difference? Would it become part of the culture then? You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, Curious one. I'm not sure. I, I mean, it, it can't it can't hurt, can it? Like, look at that. Table service. Cold water. Thanks, mate. Um, <sighs> yeah, would it become part of the culture? I think it, I think it might do. Would that be for the be- benefit of... Sure, it'd be benefit of... But then, it? on the flip side of that, you've blatantly got people who are either academic or not academic and the people who aren't academic don't learn anything at school yeah so maybe that would get them maybe that would get them starting thinking right if they teach says we're right you're not academic we're not gonna lie about it actually if you think about if you think about this okay so if you put this short-term mid-term long-term goals um and actually one of the people who was on the list in the little facebook group said i've got my son to do this and it's Quite well, funny yeah. to see what he's written down, and you put she put a, a, she put a photo up. Um, she put a photo up of what he'd written down. It was just 
kind of funny what he kind of came up with. But if you kind of cast your mind back to when you were at GCSE, last year in GCSE, if you were asked to do this and then mark down 25 years, in 25 years, I'm going to be 39. Is that right? No, 41. I'll be, I'll be 40. So if you're 16 then, I'll be uh, 30, 31, 41. I can't what, do math. Uh, 41. Done. Yeah, 41. So 41. Um, and then it's almost like a realisation thing. Okay, well, one year, in one year, when I'm 17, I'm going to be doing this. In five years, when I'm 21, I'm going to be doing this. In 25 years, when I'm 41, I'm going to be doing this. Uh, maybe that might be a, a, an approach. That might, I mean, that would be quite interesting to know, to go into a school and ask the kids to do that. I mean, that, that could be something that we should do. Take this into a school. Just drop it, Craig an email saying, yeah, Jesus, we... Yeah. Just take it in and just say, look, we're here, we, we do a podcast, blah, 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 blah. We think this would be really beneficial to you. Why don't you come out and have a go and do this process and see... Because I suppose see, kids are see, told, you know, oh, well, you know, you need to get good, you need to get good exam results. And, for some, and you don't. For but, some, well, okay, for some jobs, it might a, be true. Yeah, that's a sweeping statement. You know, but it's, it's to be... You know, if you want to work for yourself and if you want to do... What you want to do every day and stuff, you're not going to get that by working for somebody else. That's what happened. Unless you get the sort of job where, you know, you can, you can be creative and like say we work for Vowel or something. Yeah. You know, but that's very very unusual, very yeah. very unusual company. And there's only a, there's only a handful of those types of companies in the world mm. that work like that. And the only reason they can work like that is because they've had success in the past and they've got enough money and, and clout and stuff that they can just spend five years or ten years not making Half-Life 3. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? But, um, um, I mean, on the flip side of that as well, um, you've got uh, that guy who I was talking about a few weeks ago where he was saying that uh, Bob Harvey, where he was employing the creatives, that you have to treat the creative people like this, otherwise they won't come to your company because other companies are offering them Friday playtimes, Friday afternoon playtimes, and things yeah. like that. So, But, yeah, it'd be interesting to take this into a school, actually, and see almost like a realisation thing um, I mean, if you did it, yeah, one five and one five and twenty five. I think it's pretty good because then you'd be seventeen, twenty one, and um, forty one. But yeah, it'd just be interesting to take this into a school and see what see what happened. There you go. It's on the list. It's on the, it's on the list. There we go. Could do um, Yeah, I've always because uh, I was intrigued by Annie's last rule. It was it was give something back, and I don't think I've ever. No, I have. I mean, I, I try and interact with people that, that read my books and stuff, and I do get a lot of emails now. And, it, and it's, I know, I know for for a fact that there are other people out there. Um, I don't wouldn't have to name anybody, but uh, you just know that people would either flat out refuse to offer any advice, yes. yeah. or they'd just say it's in the book, read the book again, yes. never read the book properly, yeah, yeah, um, or other sorts of things like that. And it's like, well, that's there's no attitude to have. It it, it doesn't it doesn't cost me anything to apart from a bit of time, and I have to do promotion anyway, so I just put that sort of thing into yeah. my promotion timetable. But that, that, but that the, to me, the is giving, giving back the enough. giving back, I think I've, I've really taken... I'm going to try and take that on board this year as well, because I'm, I'm a very internal, very um, uh, introvert person anyway, uh, so I don't tend to get out and socialise, particularly with many people. Um, no, I mean... But yeah. the idea of giving back, I mean... I, th- I thought the first time we were talking about those Arnie's rules, uh, and then I think it was about two, two or three weeks later, I went out and saw Kyle, who's a friend of mine, who's just opened that coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, and I went out and I said, "Look, I'm going to come in today. I'm going to take some promo shots for you." 
so I kind of reached out and gave back a little bit to him. And I think I'm going to try and do that more this year, but you've got to be careful to give back to the right people. Yeah, because I mean, some people will take the piss and just yeah. go, oh, well, this guy's giving stuff for free, but I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon hmm. then. Um, but there are those so I'm, I'm guessing those. I'm guessing the opportunities will present themselves. I don't think I'm going to have to go looking to give back. I think they'll just kind of pop up. Like if I go to Shelsley Walsh or something, and there's a, there's an old guy there who's I don't know had his 80th birthday and he's got a car there. Just give him a photo shoot or that. Just just things that present themselves and almost almost going into one of Lindsay's favourite films, which is Yes Man. Not saying no and saying yeah, actually saying yes at the right time. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think that'll be a be interesting one to see if we could take it into a school. That'd be quite cool. I'm going to share this podcast on the Must be on to. the goal setting Facebook page. I don't, I don't think <laughs> have to be. I, I mean, I don't think it's a criteria. You know, it, it, it's not necessarily that. Um, you know, I don't think you have to be a millionaire or anything or no. a majorly successful businessman like we're not to to go in and, and, and give yeah. some ideas on this sort of thing. Um, well, that I think, was. That's... I think you having your photos. Is enough, and me having some of my books is enough. Yeah, you know. Uh, and that's another thing that I want to talk about later on as well about the creative process, and uh, particularly the the Nolan and uh, Christopher Nolan and Hans Zimmer relationship. And I think, yeah, we I think we can all learn a little bit about that. But um, the last email, the one that you've not read yet, uh, which is today's email, is um, what we're going to do for the rest of the year. So these goals that we're setting out and the habits that we're going to set in. We're going to do it on a 12-week rotation. So we're going to do it for 12 weeks. So we're going to have 12 weeks of, I can't remember what he called it, um, like following your habits kind of thing and, and, and seeing how far and really committing to that for 12 weeks. And then after those 12 weeks, we're not going to reassess the goals. We're going to dream again for a week. Right. So we're going to go back and I don't know whether we're going to be updating our bucket list or, or going back and redoing bucket list or something like that. But the, for that one week, it's almost just going to be like dream away for a little bit. And then we're going to go back and reset the habits and then do it again. I think it's going to be really handy to have. I mean, I I've, think it's going to be. I've really never cool. had. That. I don't know I've why I haven't. But no. I've got. I've. I mean, I've set my uh, word document up here. So you can't. Yeah, listen, you can't I've, see. I've picked the phone up I've, and I've showed the I've phone got, to the word document. I've got my little MacBook Air here, and I've got um, like my word uh, document open with my with my table and stuff. But um, I've set this as a a three size. So when I go downstairs to my office, I can have that on my yeah big iMac and stuff, and get a full full thing view. And I think I'll just keep it on my desktop and just keep updating it every day and yeah. tick things off. Because I've, I've, uh, one of the things that I want to do this year is not, I'm going to try and get the words right again, not be reliant, or not, which way around is it? Don't use, don't be over-reliant on unnecessary technology. I think that was how I phrased it in my head to make it make sense. I'm, I'm, I remember saying a lot about this. So, like in 2015, people are going to stay away from our smartphones. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, so just you know things like making like... it. When you're making a list, don't make your list on you on your notes thing on your iPhone. Actually, make a list in the, in those little journals that we've got. Yeah. Uh, so the Destiny yeah. journals and the little notepads, but not being not being too reliant. And then obviously with with archery shooting. Well, if I sell the paperbacks, the paperbacks much. But I mean, I, I prefer the paperback versions of books yeah. to ebooks any day. Yeah. That's one of the yeah. one of the one of the um, staples on on how we made money when we went to tournaments. Um, I I didn't sell I didn't want to sell digital sorry I didn't want to sell digital copies of the photographs I wanted to get the prints into people's hands so I didn't offer 
was one of the first things we said. We we didn't want to offer, or I didn't want to offer, and Lindsay was like, "Yeah, I agree." Yeah, it's not I don't, tactile, I don't want to offer a digital photograph. Digital photograph because I don't want I don't want it just stuck on a digital photo frame. I want the print to be in their hand. I want them to open up the the envelope and actually pull the print out with physical ink. Because like it's very, very different. The actual quality and, and what it looks like. I mean, you've seen it when 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 I sent you that photo of um, the GTR. Um, yeah. And the one GTR. you sent me of, of me doing that squat. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, but, um, yeah. we've all seen it on the screen, on the computer screen, because I shared that. But then when you get the print, it's completely different. So yeah, different that was emotion, just one of the it? things. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to carrying on. So yeah, twelve weeks of. Uh, uh, again, can, it's manageable as well, isn't it? I suppose we weeks. can refine this as well. I mean, I've, I've yeah. Craig's got that. It's a brilliant idea, but we may think, or you may think, oh, right, I've got a slightly different way of tweaking this, mm. or I can think, right, I've got a slightly different way of laying out my table, or mm. you know, even uh, some of the headings. Maybe some of the headings. I mean, friends and family. Maybe friends and family isn't as important as. I don't know, just trying to think of one quickly. Dog. Yeah, maybe you got a dog. I suppose you could lay like, really like so, you know, if you're into your social experiences, you can say, right, I want to go to. Um, what, what would an example be? New Year's Eve party in New York, or something. Yeah, as an example, or um, uh, a, a, a London marathon. Yeah. Not necessarily for the marathon side of things, but because you're doing it with X number of thousand people yeah. at the same time. Well, I think uh, Craig wanted to do the Iron Man. He, he, that's, I think he's going yeah, to try and do the Iron Man in 2015, which is cool. That's I mean that's that's proper proper hats off if you can get yourself to do that. Right, cool. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll obviously keep up on the pod, on the podcast to let let you know how we're getting on with it. But uh, twelve weeks, commit to commit to these habits. We could share, could we share it. I, was be, I don't know if you'd be comfortable. Sharing. I mean, I'd be comfortable sharing mine. I mean, one of the things I mean, that's that's in today's email: share the work that you're doing, not the goals. Okay. So uh, I mean, I'm going to share everything that. I mean, a part of it is going to be sharing as well, because I mean, I'll be I'll be working towards getting the photos. And then sharing the end result of the photos, but people yeah. don't know the goal; they just see the hard work that you're doing, sort of thing. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Craig, Craig I words it better. Um, but I mean, I, I'd, I'd probably share. I'd be, probably be happy sharing a fair bit. Yeah, see maybe the money thing, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you like, haven't got. I want to try and take numbers off it. I think it, it's because you can only do you can only do stuff like buy. You can only buy things with money if if you have it. It's no use. It can't. It's, unless if it sits in a bank account, you can't do but anything. Then I think. I think keep the money on there. I think it's the habits which, because it's then measurable. There was one of the things that was. Uh, I mean, that's in uh, when you when you tell me. I think it's in probably in PT as well. Smart goals. So, um, what does the S stand for? Specific, <laughs> specific, measurable, achievable, repeatable, and tar- uh, time framed. Time? Might be time. Time frame, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, so it needs to be something that you can actually measure. Um, I don't know. Uh, go back and read through some of the emails because I think well, it might it might be on one of the on one of the posts in the Facebook group actually. But I find it. But he did he did make an argument for putting figures down for, for money and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean that just yeah. I think yeah. I'll keep that. I think but both figures and. Because my last one, year five to twenty five, is just being being set up financially, and for me, that's not yeah, having financially to, free, that kind of thing. It's not having to worry about how the bills going to get paid. It's for me to know in advance that she wants to take care of the, the potential kids, or kids are taken care of, uh, the house is taken care of, 
everything that needs to be taken care of is taken care of almost automatically without mm. me doing anything, without me yeah. even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a nice position to get into. Um, I mean, because I don't mind taking on that. I don't mind taking on that extra stress or extra worry, or extra workload if if it means that say Siobhan has, doesn't have to worry about it anymore. She you know, she can go say shopping while I'm while I'm working or something yeah. and pay and not have to worry about what for this kind of, you yeah. know or uh, your yeah, kid comes home with oh mum there's a, there's a trip to such and such a place. Yeah, so that was the thing yeah. of not having to say no to things that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd still be, uh, and I'll try. If you, if you want to go to space and it's going to cost you fifty grand, then <laughs> maybe, <yeah. laughs> maybe not. That's when money. One, 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 let me do so. that. But, but um, no, it's um, it's a, definitely a definitely a really good start, and it came at just the right time, I think, for both of us. Absolutely. Because I yeah. think we were both trying to get to this without getting close, because we, I don't think we appreciated how much work has to go into goal setting. Yeah, and I've never done anything. I've, I've no. got, a, like, I say, I've got. A, few things scribbled on some pieces of paper blue tacked on my wall and that's it's not yeah, that's not I, I had the same I just kind of made a loose list and so it, I thought I thought I can't be as professional as possible in my work in my work um or I won't even call it work it's you know being creative and stuff mm. and not have goals the same otherwise I don't know where I'm going that you know, yeah. it's, it's you're sort of going I suppose you've got this I'm trying to think of another analogy you've got this supercar you've got a road to drive it on <laughs> You know, you, all this you produce, power, you, no role to gallop. Yeah, you produce all this, yeah, you produce all this work. You produce all these photos and all, all these, these amazing, you know, these amazing images and stuff. And you cut, you know, you've got no almost outlet for it. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got no, you've got no shut window for it. Um, what do we want? To, uh, right, you want to do some archery? Because that's been awesome. About, yeah, that's been awesome. Yeah, today. so uh, so you came back yesterday, didn't you? You came back from Norfolk yesterday. You've yeah. been shooting over in Norfolk. I've been shooting always. Yeah, because my parents are doing a barn conversion. There, I've got I've got about an acre or so, um, which is enough to do. I think I think if I put the target right at the back of the fence that looks out onto the field, I could get fifty or sixty yards. Wow! Before you know that that's you okay. know, shooting across the across the across the ground across the past the garage and stuff. So, um, been shooting every day, recurve bow. Um, quite a cheap one, just a twenty-eight pound. I think twenty-eight pound draw, um, maybe twenty-eight, twenty-seven, twenty-eight inch um, draw length. Draw length, yeah. Um, and yeah, we just took the target out today. To, mocked up a sight down the side. Yeah, of mocked yours, up a sight because I've. I mean, you've so been you doing made, what? Did you make that out of plastic? It's just plastic. My brother got um, me a just like a you know a simple bathroom set with like a you know a shampoo, not shampoo, like a moisturiser and yeah. stuff like that which is handy because I need that sort of stuff and it had a blue plastic case insert and a bit of it was flat so I just cut it out cut sort of like a, a, a rectangle maybe a few inches long a few inches wide yeah. and it's cut out lots of small strips and they acted as the sights come across yeah. um, so then I could sort of aim up and down on the target and once it, once I've dialed in you know say from 20 yards do a few shots right okay it's going to be number four yeah, uh, yeah. And on, then as on, long on as your target, release is the same on the, on and the everything, same. then it should go to the same place. Because um, I, I really, I don't know. I'm drawn to the to being accurate and being sighting in and knowing, uh, just trying to gauge distance and, and things like that. Whereas yeah. you've gone down the route of I've gone down the instinctive, which yeah. is really interesting. It's it's really interesting, and it's I don't know whether it's ever frustrating. It's not. I think I got cross. Well, not really cross. I got frustrated once today. Um, and I think that was because I, I three arrows went over the top of the target. I was like, oh, for God's sake! And you were like, oh, it's all right because you're instinctive. You you shoot it's a different 
different style. But well, to me, that meant that you've shot those three hours over the target. That's that's a, that would be a small grouping if yeah. it was on the. It's still a small grouping. Yeah. It's not on the. Yeah. It's just not on the board. I mean, that was one thing we found out, wasn't it? it was that when we actually went to get the arrows, they were all pretty much down the centre. They were just different. And even if, different even if we'd missed, I think we, you know, maybe I'd missed like four, but they were, and they'd fallen short of the target. But they were all four. Yeah. But they're in a nice group. So I was like, yeah. right, okay. So if I, I can shoot the group, I'm just, I'm just a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's I just the target. Not to get the, get but, but we tried no, fifty really yards, cool. didn't we? We went. We started at twenty, didn't we? we went back That's five right, yeah. yards every one. So we went 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Did we get to forty-five first time? I think so. Forty-five. We went forty-five, and then we had a bit of an issue. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like my keys in the car. <laughs> well, I mean, it was getting windy, wasn't it? We wanted to change yeah, location. Yeah, we were going to go up to a, one of the top top fields at my uncle's farm because um, it was getting windy. It was getting quite frustrating. So I like my keys in the car. And yeah, that's yeah, that's all about too. But then we went. Cool, we, we probably need some food then, so it's yeah. kind of like. But we, yeah, so then we got back out later on, didn't we? And then um, yeah, start went something. straight in at forty yards, didn't we? Yeah, straight at forty. Straight yeah, at forty. Yeah. Did a few few good uh, groupings at forty. Uh, you hit the yellow a couple of times at 40, and then we went back to 50, and then we tried something stupid, which was 80. Yeah. We went all the way back to as far as, we could, all, as far as we could go. And the, the, annoyingly, the light was just about going as well. So, Well, I felt I was having to... I suppose it's not powerful enough, and, and I mean, you could see yours, even if yours is about 30. I think because your draw length is long, you get a bit more yeah. hard on there, so I don't know what yours tops out I think at. mine's 32. Mine was, mine was 32 measured... But I think I'm drawing. I think I've got a longer draw length now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, because your arrow is, which a, is only a couple of inches yeah, overhand. Which is another annoying thing about going to that Merlin place. And the guy was just like, yeah, okay, there we go. That's 31 inch. Yeah. Rather than trying to correct your draw or saying, well, maybe squeeze your traps together that's, a bit that's more why, and lengthen it. And that's why the key bit came actually, he cut my arrows longer. Because he yeah. well, cut both of me and Siobhan's arrows, uh, all my and Siobhan's arrows longer. Because he, he says, well, you know, you local up, your shoulders will get, your back will get stronger. Just give you a couple of extra inches. Yeah, your draw length's changed loads. Yeah, from has, when yeah. you started, it's gone. It's gone up loads. And I'm still trying. I'm still having around a bit yeah. trying. Yeah. Get a bit yeah. more but now I think mine's. I think mine. Mine was thirty and a half measured at Merlin, and I think it's probably 30, 31 and a half, thirty two now. Yeah. Um, which which is interesting. Um, I've, I've got. I've got. What, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say I was getting a little bit worried because I've got a seventy inch bow. I was getting a bit worried that my draw length isn't going to fit. On a sixty-six, because some of the higher-end bows, uh, like the carbon fibre ones and everything, only seem to come in a sixty-six, maximum sixty-eight-inch bow. So and I was getting really get a, Is there a limit on how much the limbs can be bent and drawn That's, back? Yeah, I don't know. You see, I th- from what I've been reading, it's it's okay to draw that extra couple of inches on a, like a sixty-eight or a sixty-six. It's okay to draw. It just makes the bow harsher. If that makes sense. So because you've got more draw, it's got more of a. So it's because it's not going to be a it's not, not going to be a linear draw weight increase. No. It's not going to be a straight line on a graph. It, it would mm. it would be. It must be exponential. It'd go up and up, and then you get to a point where it probably dry. Start to hold down. Yeah. Uh, but I've got a compound bow. I couldn't. I, I mean, we said we weren't. Like, we weren't <laughs> doing, we? We'll give it um, six months. But then I was again. I was like, I was really getting into it. And I was. I kept watching more and more um, videos with compound bows. And I was like, that that looks. That looks like it for me because uh, we've uh, watched. It just looks so effortless, and there doesn't seem to be any drama when you release the bow. When when you release the string, yeah. It's, it's just when I release my recurve. It's not a slap in. It's 
I find it hard to be uh, completely accurate. It feels like it's a lot more hit and miss. And I like being, I was like it when I, I did a bit of military training, I liked yeah, yeah. knowing, I like going, right, the sight's on there, I'm dialed in now, that, that yeah. bullet's going to go there, bam, yeah. it's gone there. Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit more... Because I was the same when I did my rifle shooting, I was very, very kind of relaxed and very critical about where it was going in terms of the, the, the sight and everything, so, uh, I mean, obviously that's not instinctive at all, so I'm, I'm quite curious about what, why I've ended up shooting instinctively. Well, it might have just appealed to you. Just, yeah. You know, I mean, the, people are still accurate instinctive. I mean, look at oh, those guys. God, it's, it's, it's you can, you must be able to get as accurate. Yeah, it just takes, sure. just, just takes my I mean, I, I don't mind either, because, I mean, we were shooting, we were shooting 40, 50 yards, weren't we? And I was, I mean, I had, I think I had the best grouping of 50 yards was four out of five arrows on the target. I think one went short. Um, yeah, so our target, I think our target's... Is it 40 by 40 or 60 by 60? No, it's a lot bigger. I think it's 60 by 60. 60 by 60, that's centimetres for those Americans yeah, out there. 60. So that's... Well, three, uh, two foot. Two thirds of a yard. Two foot, yeah. yeah two feet, yeah. Uh, two foot square target. Um, so I'm looking forward, yeah, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the compound. I've, I've, I've ordered a bear cruiser. Lord bear Lord archery Lord. cruiser. In camo green and black. Yeah, real tricks <laughs> for camo green. Um, uh, riser. Yeah, um, and then black limbs, um, and it's, it comes out. It's ready to not ready to hunt. It's ready to shoot. Um, so the ready to hunt packages come with arrows and everything. But oh, this, wow. this okay. is ready to shoot. So it's got what's the bow itself? Yeah. Um, quiver, sight, uh, rest, uh, stabilizer, um, D loop for the mechanical release. Yeah. Uh, and the mechanical release. And, uh, no, no, I've, I, well, I had to buy that extra. Oh, you had to buy that extra. Okay. Yeah, I think that's about thirty quid. Um, so I'm, re- I'm looking really forward to getting that just to see the difference because I've been shooting yeah. almost every day with, with the Because you're going to dial that in with a larger pound, aren't you? Well, I'm going to start at 30 so that will match my arrows so it's it's the same draw weight as, as uh, I've got now, my recurve okay. just to get used to different shooting mechanics and yeah. not worry about oh, I've got to pull 60 pounds. Yeah. Then, I'm go, then I might go and get um, some arrows uh, set for 70 pound draw weight which this, this bow goes up to and then just go up 40, 50, 60, yeah. 70 pounds. Um, I should be able to draw seventy pounds, no problem. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't know. It's. it's I mean, if you if you don't know anything about compound bows, they have a thing called let off. It's let off, uh, isn't it? It is let off. Let off. Yeah. So let-off. yeah, so you get to the maximum draw weight at almost as you go through the pull, and when you get to your maximum draw length or just before, there's it goes off the cams. Yeah. Um, make make the draw weight go off, so it might be a seventy five or eighty percent reduction in. The draw weight, so seventy pounds would go down to. Get my calculator out. <laughs> so what would seventy pounds be? Twenty-two. Seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. That's at seventy-five percent, which I think the okay. the cruiser is. So you're only really holding seventeen and a half pounds, so less than which ten is kilos. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, it's a lot easier to aim. You can make long shots. I mean, we've been watching a guy called Cameron Haynes, haven't we? From uh, from Oregon. Uh, it looks like an awesome place to live and shoot with Oregon, yeah. doesn't it? Um, Never any wind in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, all these videos. It's just dead, quite dead still. Um, no, it was nice shooting this evening. It was a lot quieter and still, uh, more still this evening. Yeah, I guess when uh, the sun goes down, sun. you get a little bit less weather, don't you? Really? Yeah. Um, but he, thermals. he was doing 160 yard shots and getting, you know, a 10 inch group, five five arrows, 10 inch. I group. thought it was awesome because he had he had his little um, telescope sight beside scope, him, yeah. spotting scope beside yeah. him. And he fired it, 
and then leant down instantly and straight away and looked in the scope. And you just kind of had the feeling that it was that far that he released, and then the time it took him to get from the bow position, the firing position, to looking down the side, the, the arrow still hadn't got to the target. So he was looking down the side you can see it land, as yeah. the arrow that landed. That's strange, that. Um, yeah, that's it's got to be kind of feedback. Cool. So that's, that's why I fancied the compound bows. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting that. I think it comes maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get straight back out. Um, so straight we'll get, out. We'll, we'll, get then, um, we'll shoot them next week as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, no, that, was, that, was, that was really cool. It's, it's, it's just a really nice... I mean, you can, you can tell as well, because you've obviously fired rifles. I've shot... Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shot anything major. I've shot uh, a couple of AA single-bolt-action rifles down the range um, and some clay pigeon shotguns. Uh, they've got a kick on them. But it does seem very, very much more intuitive, almost, and um, you're very much more connected to the process, I think, when you're firing a bow. Um, I think it's because it's a lovely, lovely visceral... Maybe that's why. It's the visceral feeling of the... I mean, because I've been shooting without a tab as well, so yeah, a finger, finger, finger tab, yeah. so I've been shooting with bare fingers as well. Um, so the actual visceral feeling of the, the bowstring sliding off your fingers as you're releasing as well. Lovely, lovely. Maybe that's feeling. something I miss with a mechanical release, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like the I'll idea see. of being. I like the idea of getting a sight on being more accurate yeah. and, and like doing. I'd love to do long range shots. I think that's what I what I'll go for. Yeah. I mean, I want to hunt eventually. Yeah. Uh, but that'll yeah. take that'll take me a while, and I think that's why I've, that's why I'll go for. I mean, people do hunt with recurves, but um, I suppose I want I want to know where the arrow's going to going to go. And yeah, no, I think there's plenty of people who hunt with recurves. Uh, I think that'll be that'll be even more. Um, visceral, you know, hunting something because yeah. it's, yeah, it's the oldest, oh, one, God, the, yeah. one oh, of the oldest God, methods yeah. of. of um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a bucket list item, isn't it? I think that was on my bucket list as well, yeah. but around fifty, I think. Well, yeah, just just to know, you know, just, like, just, not even learn to hunt, just be able to. I don't necessarily um, like relying on going to butchers or, or um, you know, the supermarket and stuff. Even though some of the butchers, there was a butchers in Norfolk was very very good, all organic stuff, all really really good stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just the, the idea that you can go out and hunt something and you have the knowledge to use every part of the animal to skin it, yeah. uh, you know, gut it, prepare, prepare the, you know, the different parts of the animal for, for either freezing or cooking or whatever. Um, and, it's the, and that it's a wild animal, so it's just gone through life not yeah, being, not, yeah. Not yeah, being totally. farmed or anything else like yeah. that. Uh, that does appeal to me Pure a lot. Meat. Uh, I mean, there'll, there'll be, probably be people listening that don't think hunting's... Terrible, I mean, it, it's. Did you hear that the Tories, if the Tories get in, so for those listening in America, that's a Conservative Party. Um, like Republicans, they, basically. Republicans, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the Conservative, if the Conservative Party get in this gen- next general election, they're going to legalise fox hunting again. Why? I don't know. It's like, is that going to be your. That's going to be your. Things uh, I mean, if <laughs> for me, hunting is. It, it's. Initially, it, you know, cavemen didn't hunt just for the sake of it or the fun of it or. As a pest control, and you've got to admit, fox hunting, as it is done traditionally, is a pest control. A terrible, inefficient <laughs> pest control. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 okay, well it's you want to kill one or it's two another foxes. One of those English traditions. Yeah. Which has never really died out. It's, it's okay. I mean, but but it's it's what's the difference between the way they do it now, you know, having a runner or somebody, or having you know, it's just the end result is different. Well, mm. you still have to have dogs. You still have to have horses. Yeah. And no, you know, surely no one, no one. Uh, 
but the dog hunters or, or the people that are right at the front see the fox being killed anyway. So what's what's the point? All of that, all of that effort, in the past. just to just to kill a fox when a, a single rifle round probably costs a few pence could do yeah. it probably much much more efficiently for one person. <laughs> Something I don't know. I know it's it's obviously a tradition, but it, it's it'd be different if they ate the fox, but they don't. You know, or if it, if they were if they're trying to pest control something else. Um, like a bison, <laughs> or something where there's actual meat yeah, on it yeah, that's going to yeah. feed a set yeah. number of people, but it doesn't. It's I mean, not, like, it's I, just, I, it's just not really, and giggles. I don't think. Can you even really call it hunting? I suppose it is hunting in the in the, yeah, it is. In the sense of the term, but it's not. I don't know. I have to ask my my aunt because my aunt has done it uh, a number of times uh, before it got illegalized. Um, yeah, I don't know whether Uncle Tom's ever done it. He must have done. He must have done. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. When when I was in Norfolk, every, every probably few minutes you hear a shotgun round off or something yeah. you know, in the distance. Yeah, because they're obviously because it's so flat there, the sound carries a long way, and they have um, you know they have hedgerows and stuff and, and mm. just little. Uh, um, Would that uh, be pheasant shooting then? Yeah, pheasant, pheasant grouse probably um, uh, hare. Uh, uh, what else? Um, yeah, deer as well. Oh, a, really? lot, a lot of deer on there. I mean, I don't know. Oh. I don't know if I don't know how. If they can legally shoot it, or if it's in a very you know, small time period, yeah. or you know, um, it's an interesting one. But no, that's definitely going to be. We do, I mean, we've talked about doing a doing a weekend, just kind of going away and having a specific um, archery weekend. Yeah, maybe. I would, maybe they do. Maybe they do places, or maybe you can sort of just wandering up somewhere. Go to sit, you find a centre parks that has an archery range or something. Go. Yeah. Well, we can. You know, you're staying in a bit of comfort, but you've got an archery range there. Or I don't yeah, know. Sorry, I think I'd rather go camping. Well, yeah, camping. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd rather go camping than go buttons. Uh, <laughs> what else do we have? Do we uh, talk about Zimmer Nolan? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So um, uh, we were looking at uh, what you were. You so showed what, me the video. no, you you sent you because you started it again. You sent me the the um, was it a Facebook message you sent me? Just, and oh, I'm listening to the Interstellar soundtrack. Yeah, it's um, Interstellar soundtrack. Was that yeah. for, for your work? It was like a background music for your work. Yeah, you, so you I tend to listen to Predator. I find I find soundtrack movie soundtracks are very very good to to write to. Uh, not necessarily if I'm just doing lists, but if I'm if I'm trying to do something creative or think of uh, plots, characters, uh, yeah. plot twists, um, chapter orders, chapter content scenes, whatever it might be, uh, I listen to yeah film soundtracks. So Predator's a favorite one of mine. Um, the Interstellar soundtrack, uh, the Oblivion soundtrack, amazing. I've not heard that. Uh, actually. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I just want it. Inception. I think I might. Yeah, Inception. Yeah, I think I might even like that more than Interstellar. But oh, I, haven't, really? I haven't listened to Interstellar. In, Interstellar. Oblivion is a pants movie. I thought it was a good movie. No, it's a pants movie. No, I thought it was right. You're wrong. <laughs> no, no, it was good as Interstellar. No, but um, but no, it was it was because you you sent that message and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pop on and. I think I YouTubed it and played it a little bit, um, and got the got the soundtrack, played the soundtrack. And I was like, "Oh wow, cool!" And it it takes you back to the movie, but then because you know how good the movie is, and therefore there's like a creative link that you know how much creativity has gone into the movie, and then another level as well afterwards when I when I saw the video, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but that kind of link, it was almost like this is the sound of creativity. Uh, I was I was editing photos to it um, all day, pretty much. It was just on loop. And yeah. It was just giving me goosebumps every time the every time the as I now know it's an organ. Uh, every time the organ kind of built to a crescendo, I was just like getting goosebumps editing photos because it was just that visceral and that that inspirational. Um, well, I had it on a, 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 a 
Yeah. For a couple of times, and I think Mum walked through and she's like, Is that church music you listen to? I was just like, No, no, so it's, <laughs> it's in Stella soundtrack. But they, they, yeah, they use the organ, don't they? And yeah. You saw the little video earlier that they'd done. The making, um, making of the Interstellar soundtrack. Um, so it was Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan. And I thought it was, this is another admir- admirable uh, aspect of creative people which I really admire, uh, was Christopher Nolan's ability to affect the creative output of somebody else's creativity. <laughs> this has a lot of creativity uh, words in there. But he was talking to, he, he knew that he didn't want a soundtrack that was very sci-fi in genre. And so yeah. he reached out to Hans Zimmer and said, if I give you um, a line from, or if I give you a page from my script, could you write a, uh, could you could you give me like a, a day of your time and write some music and just see where we're at? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. So he sent him, he sent him, a, it was while he was still working on the script, so he sent him a, a line for a page from the script and it was, uh, Hans Zimmer got it and he read it and he said, okay, well, it's, it's, about, the, it's about the relationship of a father and son which he later found out was father and daughter. So he started writing music about what it felt like to be, to have a son and the connection that he had with his son. And I just thought it was, because then obviously that then led into the soundtrack as a whole um, and it went it carried on going and then they started using things like the organ because um, it was a very human human aspect and it was, it, the organ had to breathe and it was, um, you only hear sounds uh, from a very human kind of uh, noise because it's um, mm. it's got a voice and you can only hear it when sounds being pushed through it. Uh, but then the resulting the resulting soundtrack was of that ilk because Christopher Nolan's original creative imp- so he almost made a creative decision to affect somebody else's creative output, which I just thought was well, yeah, because genius. you know that if you can always say for certain, I mean, that, that the soundtrack would have turned out different um, or differently if his approach had been yeah. different. If it said, right, the movie's about this, the plot goes like this, the end's yeah. like this, go. Here's the movie, write a soundtrack to it, yeah. almost. If, if he'd shot the movie and then given him it, say, right, okay, write the accompanying soundtrack, which I believe they did for Predator and things like that. Um, the Predator soundtrack is amazing. I mean, the Predator soundtrack is awesome. Because you listen to that, you can't, I can't, you can, and I've watched Predator a few times, I suppose, so I can, I know which scene goes with which bit of music and stuff, but it yeah. is, it's just very unique, it has a very unique voice, you think, you hear, if you if I hear any other music like that, with those sorts of instruments and that, that sort of tone, I'm like, that's, that's just ripped off from Predator. Yeah. Even though yeah. it might not be, it might be completely, yeah. completely different. And so, obviously other people in different parts of the world might think, well, that they're some of my native instruments, so it, it doesn't, it sounds like this. But yeah, for me, so, so. it's Yeah, you've, it's got, a creative, you've got a film. creative link to, to Predator. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even when they were going down to, well, I wanted a, a very religious feel to the music. Well, how do you get a religious feel to the music? You use a church organ. Because every, every human can relate the fact to that noise at a subconscious level, reminds them of a religious experience. Um, everybody knows of a... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's been well, exposed unique, it's to unique, a church organ and relates that to a religious... Even if you don't go to church, you've seen yeah. it on TV or heard it or... Yeah. Everybody's been exp- uh, even exposed for a, a second, you know. It doesn't sound anything like a guitar. It doesn't no. sound like a piano. I mean, for a fair, for a fair few times, I couldn't, I couldn't even put my finger on what the um, instrument was that they were playing the soundtrack on. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. 
I knew it was an organ, but I mean, there's a lot of other stuff in yeah. there, isn't there? It, it's, it kind of seems like that's that's um, it's on the top, but it's... But I think that's just such an admirable admirable quality that you can have that kind of foresight. I want, I really want this outcome, and this is the input I'm going to need to affect that outcome. And that's not even his. That's not even his outcome. It's somebody else's outcome. And I think that's, I think that's something that's. It would be really, really interesting to be able to have that amount of knowledge and that amount of um, kind of hindsight and experience to be able to affect. Yeah. Um, I think that would be awesome to be able to do something like that. I don't know how, it'd be interesting to see if you could kind of work some habits, going back to that goal setting, work some habits in mm. to be able to develop things like that. Yeah, because you've got to, you must have to be very subtle. You must have to think about what you're going to say to someone yeah. before. Because even even if you start a sentence wrong, if you end it wrong, or if you say it a different way, or must have an effect. Mm. Because everything does. Yeah, it, it, every, every action has a, uh, you know, it's kind of. So I was thinking about this, the you know, sort of the butterfly effects. I was thinking, right, if I'm driving along, and I, for some reason, I beat like somebody cuts me up, so I beep at them. Yeah. Somebody walking past. Yeah totally unrelated to, to me or the person in the car or turns around there. Tuts. Like turns, yeah. It might just fl- throw them off a little bit. They might, it might irritate them a little bit more. Yeah. They might then go home and do something slightly different that they wouldn't have done if they hadn't heard the horn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, everything must be inter- interconnected. There'd never be any way to gauge because you can't repeat exactly. Oh, know, totally, yeah. You, can, you know, a time only goes one way and... and and it's once the presence there, it's it's gone. It's in the past. Yeah. Well, I mean, we experience the world in the past. Yeah. Because obviously, it takes time for light to come in, and it takes time for your brain to process information. So, by the time you've done it, that moment's passed. Yeah. By the time I've slapped you, you've been slapped. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's an analogy it takes a split for you. Second for sound <laughs> to come into and my the ear. feeling of the nerves. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting that sort of stuff. Um, That's it. Is, if you look at all the kind of people, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't argue that Christopher Nolan and Hans Zimmer are at the peak of their career at the moment. Uh, but like, there's there's so many people like that who can affect things um, to their benefit. I'm trying to think of some, trying to think of some others. But then obviously, I don't know, I don't know many more of the uh, situations. I'm really looking forward to the, the Blu-ray coming out because I think I'm just going to watch the behind-the-scenes stuff. Constantly. Yeah, I think uh, love March to see. or something. February, March must be around there. A while away, um, but that was on my bucket list item to be in the same room as when Nolan and Hans Zimmer are creating. Because um, even watching the Dark Knight when he was, t- I think it was Batman Begins, listening to him talk about how he wanted, how he envisioned things, and having conversations with people about the the, the Batmobile and things like that, the Tumblr, um, and how he how he led that and kind of steered it where he wanted it to go it's just it's just brilliant mm. brilliant very admirable um, inspiring what else do we have uh, influence over this creative process while you're in oh, we've just done Avenue um, I'm just going to quickly run to the bathroom while you try and find is there another thing on there that we try to pause that and I'll pause it can I pause it yeah go on stick it, stick it on pause ding ding yeah, well, so we're back well, right, so everybody's back. So the last last thing. We we one, about, one more we've thing. We've just watched the, the final of The World's Strongest Man, haven't we? Um, before we started the podcast. Which was nuts. So I missed it on New Year's Day. The final and was. I forgot. I, I didn't kind of forget it was on. I knew it was on because uh, we had 
Uh, well, I say we. England had a couple of people in the semi-final which got to the final. I can't remember yeah. the names. Uh, there was Terry Hollands, uh, Lawrence Charley, and Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall, that was the one I was thinking yeah. of. He was nuts. Absolutely massive. Um, so they had the three... The top three who were kind of vying for it were Hathor Bjornsson. Yeah. I'm going to leave you to say the... Like uh, Sabiscus, that's the one. one three times or something. <laughs> he was 30, and was, 39 uh, or 38? 38. He's yeah, 38. 38. And then there's uh, Brian... Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw America. from America. So they all... They, well, they all could have won, depending on who... who what times people did the, st- did the yeah. Atlas Stones in. So it went down to the last... The last... The last... Um, uh, what's it called? Event? The last event. The last yeah, event was uh, Atlas Stones uh, because well they had they had six and the first one was was the first one the Brian Shaw the no the first one was the oh, the tire tire stacking you had yeah, three ty- tires yeah well, Hathor Hathor yeah. Bjornsson like obliterated everybody with that one. I don't know how he was just sprinting into sand six foot nine um, and then the one after that I think was. That one was the... Was that the squat? No, the squat was second to the last, I believe. Then there was a truck pull. If we go backwards, so there was the Atlas Stones, there was the squat, there was the... Oh, was it the dumbbell press? Oh, yeah, dumbbell press and a, a pull and press and That was it. Yeah. Let's get two reps each. And, and, then, and then there was one uh, more in the middle. Uh, that barrels. That's to throw the uh, kegs. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that keg thing was no, that was in, that was insane, because if, if, no if anyone's not seen it... Was it 16 feet? Yeah, 16 feet. They, so moved, they, have a, they, they have moved a barrier it up this year. 16 feet high. So it's like a um, hydrant bar. Yeah, like a hydrant bar, 16 <laughs> feet high. And they have kegs ranging from. They have eight kegs ranging from, from. Is it 15 to 25 kilos? 25 to 55 kilograms, I think. Or 15? No, it wouldn't be 55. It wouldn't be 55 pounds. So it would be 25 kilos. So I think 50, maybe 10 to. No, it wouldn't be 15, wouldn't it? 15 yeah. to 25 kilos. Yeah, two at two at fifteen, then two at such a weight, then all the way up to two yeah. at twenty five kilos, um, and some of those guys had two barrels in the air at the same time. They were, so, they were, they were, they were throwing them so quickly. But Brian Shaw, I think, I think he said that the, the, his he held the world record before this year for that for that keg throwing thing, and I think he said it was. Did you say it was eighteen seconds? I think he yeah. said it was something. It was something along the lines of eighteen seconds. Uh, to throw all eight over this, well, it's, it went up this year. It was sixteen foot this year. I think they said it was fifteen foot last year. So he went up. He came up and did it third to last because he was third, third in um, third on the leaderboard. And he came up and he was absolutely flying. Adrenaline was kicking. Adrenaline kicked in and he threw them all over in something stupid like sixteen and a half seconds. Yeah, like r- proper. And rapid. half the all went and it went, but and he like, came. He came out at the end of it. He was like. <gasps> I was yeah. just completely pumped and psyched. And Shaw was like, oh, he says, that's a really good time. And I've never seen him that no. sort of rash of confidence before. Yeah. It's just like, no, no. If yeah, anybody beats be that, they're going to be working hard to beat that. Yeah, and then um, Hathor did. Hathor came 16, up and did it next, didn't he? 1635 or something. Yeah. Beat it by a quarter of a second. Yeah, um, so, and you can see on his face, he's just shocked. But that's hot. I mean, that. But, but if we were talking about, you know, being able to call yourself, you know, the world's strongest man, I, I think it's. I don't know, I think it's because it's sort of a minority sport and it's not played by or... or, or well, you were saying they all kind of have to be friends with each other because they're the only kind of people that they can train with. Yeah. 
So there's only a certain, there's you only like a handful of people that they can actually train with, and so those people a, are their peers. If you've got a yoke that weighs a thousand pounds and you, you're walking up and down with it, there's only certain, there's only a handful of people on the planet that are able to do that. So yeah. if you're if train doing something own, wrong, or if you're struggling, you you're going to have to ask somebody else that can lift the same weight or can do a similar weight. Well, they might have a different technique. Well, wow, okay, we'll, we'll mm. chat about how to do how to do things. Because that big Z, he was very good at powerlifting, wasn't he? So I mean, his squats were nuts. Uh, yeah. and they were saying that he tactically stopped at 16 because he'd just beaten the last guy had 50 I think yeah he, I think he knew that the other two guys were taller yeah and he only won by half a point yeah uh, so but he didn't need to push himself any further because he he kind of had a, had, a, had an inkling that Hathor wasn't going to be I mean Hathor only got seven yeah if he'd been able to crack out one more what was it a squat what's a squat suit because I said that Hathor hadn't, didn't wear a, a squat, squat suit. suit. They, they, do, like they use suit. it powerlifting meets. It's just, um, uh, yeah, it's just a very, very tight uh, uh, ply suit. Uh, they keep, well, they come in different layers, I Is think. Is it like an extension to like the, the belt that they wear? Because obviously the belt's to hold... It's kind of like, you imagine if you, if you imagine if you squat down in something, like a tight pair of trousers, they restrict your movement, don't they? Yeah. But they also store a bit of energy. Oh, okay. It helps okay. support the joints and everything. So you'll find, um, like powerlifters, if they do the bench, they have, a, they have a suit that's not even done up at the back. And they'll, they'll walk around like this with their, I say like this, with their arms sort of up in a sort of bench yeah. position. They can't move from there. So if they, if they bench press down, it gives them a bit of energy to push back up. I don't really see the point of doing it other than what to did you What did you call way. it in your calisthenics book? I don't think I mentioned that. No, you mentioned it, not that, not that specifically. But like, what did you call kipping? Kipping when you're doing well, kipping doesn't count. I mean, a kipping is pull-ups. It doesn't count because they're not. You know, I, the, I the, the test of a pull-up you is phrased it. The test of a pull-up is to build strength. So to build strength, you have to. You must. You must move down the path of most resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's just to, you know the body's not going to get stronger if you just lift two kilo dumbbells all the time. You know. Yeah. Now, if you find a way to lift a two kilo dumbbell that increases, uh, or sorry, decreases the leverage enough, you might be able to increase strength, but only yeah. up to a certain ex- a certain level. I can't remember the phrase that you used. Well, it's, um, it's the de- you know decreased leverage, I suppose, but it's uh, no, it, was, it was something like "don't do this because it's 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 a shit way of doing it." But you, you phrase it you phrase it more eloquently. Yeah, something. I mean, you know, people say, "Oh." It's, it's technique over it's technique yeah. over strength. It's it's you know, I mean you've got to do to do those what they do. You have to have good technique anyway, and in a heavy squat regardless. So they're still they're still bloody. I mean strong. The, those those dumbbell have, presses that we're doing. What was the last one called? The dumbbell press and the uh, a pollen axle. A pollen axle. Yes, yeah, so they had a hundred kilo dumbbell or two hundred something pound dumbbell. Sixty, I think, wasn't it? And then three hundred twenty pound. Yeah, a pollen axle. So, so they they have to push the dumbbell overhead. With one arm, um, which only a handful of them did actually, for a couple of reps, and then the pollen axle was basically like a, a normal barbell, but much bigger, much heavier, much more awkward, much thicker bar. Yeah, like a like a wagon, like a wagon. <laughs> it was just axle, like a, it? Yeah, yeah, it was. And I have to get up onto the stomach and the chest, and then switch the hands over and do like what they call a continental clean. So get it halfway up and then get it onto the chest and then push it overhead. Yeah. It's very, very awkward. I mean, that, very, the, very the, um, the guy who I can't pronounce his name, uh, he, almost, he almost like clean and jerked that. Yeah. Uh, well, it was yeah. just so smooth. Well, yeah, he, owns, he has the world record for overhead, overhead pressing press. strength. Yeah, 220 odd kilos. Uh, but I mean, the first one, he just kind of pulled it up, cleaned it and then just pressed it up. But the second one, he got up to, got up to his tummy, uh, flipped his hands and then there wasn't any kind of drive from his legs. He literally just pressed it. 
Yeah. Which I just thought was ridiculous. Um, I shot amazing strength. But yeah, Atlas Stones. You can tell the story of the Atlas Stones. Well, I think they're all more <laughs> or less. They all could have won going into yeah. that last event, and then I think Brian Shaw went with somebody else. He went with twenty uh, seconds. He went with something. the other uh, American guy. Oh Mark yeah, was, um, Mike Burke. Mike Burke. Burke. He went with Mike Burke. Mike Burke kind of fluffed up the first one, so it was just. It's basically just, just Brian Shaw, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was just Brian. So then he got through. time. But then very good the time. last two guys to go were Halfield and uh, Zodrunas. So I think Halfield won that with something like 18 seconds or something stupid, stupid, wasn't it? Wasn't it? it was um, so he'd got the fastest time, so he got the most points for that. But then uh, Zodrunas just had to beat Sh- uh, Brian Shaw's time, he which he did. Half a second, yeah. Which he did. So, um, so yeah, that gave him in the win. And he, you know, but again, the, the, they had Halfield wasn't like, oh shit. Or anything like that. He went over straight away, and it was just like fist pump, nice one. He held, held, held his arm up and yeah. pointed at him, and it was like, "We're the strongest man here." Yet. So I mean, we talk, think... we talk about the title being world's strongest man. It's just to me, there's a ma- there's a massive amount of prestige to it. The world's yeah. strongest man. It, yeah. It's <laughs> it's not like I don't equate it as like oh, the world's fastest hundred meter sprinter. Well, you were saying, what's it like walking? What do you think it's like walking into a room, knowing anywhere you, in the anywhere world. in the world, knowing that you are the strongest person in that room? Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> you can land in any country. <laughs> I think I'm the strongest bloke here. Yeah, I'm strongest. It's not bloke. like I'm the fastest Formula One driver because that doesn't really relate. Cause and I'm, else, I'm quite. Nobody I'm, else can drive a Formula One car. Everybody else can pick up a weight. It's just that I can pick up more. Yeah, a <laughs> lot more. <laughs> and I think I, I think I, I've. Yeah. Be. So for anybody else, so that was just before, just before you were going to say about the. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So you're six. So you're six foot five. Six five. Yeah. Six five. And ninety five kilos or something like that. So obviously that that's that's way above average for for you know the, the average bloke. Yeah. Um, but I'm five eight. I mean, I've 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 been more like strong for my size, you know. Uh, I think my oh, you're annoying. Max deadlift was something like two twenty or so. I think I got my my deadlift uh, was. Did I get to one twenty? I think you did, yeah. I think I got one twenty deadlift. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I got way more than that. I got one twenty when I started with you, and then I was training with James and Mike. I think I got one forty. So, yeah, so I got, I got to one forty. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to one forty. Um, because that was that was along the lines of I remember that because that was along the lines of James just saying, "Look, just lift it." Yeah. Stop! 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 Fannying about and just pick the weight up off the floor. It was it was that kind of thing. So it's. Um, uh, so I mean, I've always fast, been fascinated with being that size. You know, bit, I mean, being six foot nine and two hundred kilos, it must be. <laughs> it must be annoying for day to day stuff like them. There's those videos of Brian Shaw trying to travel through a normal airport. Yeah. And get onto a plane. Sideways. And he has two Texas. seats because he's three feet wide. You know, you think. Uh, yeah, part of me would love that experience for a day just to see. Just to experience what it's like, yeah. You know. um, I wouldn't like the food bill, or no, you just you know. Know. was it Brian Shaw who said that you kind of wait up, wake up, eat, train, eat, eat, train, eat. Yeah, someone's got ten thousand calories eat. a day just to maintain the weight. Yeah. It's um, amazing amount of food. Um, but yeah, but really, really cool. I mean, I, I'm not. I would never really do any sort of training like that. I mean, I, I did think about it in the past, going in as like a, a under hundred. And, under 107 kilo strongman category because a lot yeah. I, you know, I think I've done a farmer's walk with 100 kilos in each hand only wow. for a few yards um, but comparatively my grip was strong my legs were not strong my back was very strong yeah you're um, all core aren't you my core was very strong but uh, 
But yeah, I, I fuss over that sort of stuff. Every time it comes on, I'm just like, yeah, well, you know. And I keep up to date with, you know, with, with some of the, you know, some of the goings on. Mm. I think I, I think I've liked half your Bjornsson's page on, I think on I need Facebook, to like that on and, Facebook and he, he does post up a few few decent decent bits. Um, and it's just it's just a different level. It's it's just it's the same as me doing a bit of calisthenics and then watching an elite gymnast, you know, yeah. elite male gymnast. Yeah. It's just a different level, you know. And lifting a few weights in the gym, well, that's good. But then, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've what one of our friends, Dave Smith, he's deadlifted two sixty kilos. Yeah, a lot, like and we've watched him do it, and I'm thinking, blood, that's a lot of weight. And then these guys are li- and then deadlifting. You get Benedict Magnuson. They're lifting five hundred and seventy-five pounds for twenty-two straight reps, which is what, well, they were, squ- what, what were they squatting? Three hundred forty kilos. Three hundred forty pounds. Well, no, three hundred forty kilos. Seven hundred twenty-five. Seven hundred twenty-five pound squats. Yeah, and um, that unpronounceable dude did it. Like doing, yeah, fifteen. And reps. he stopped. He was just like, yeah, okay, I don't need to do any more than that because I don't. Yes. I know nobody else is going to beat that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Sorted. Yeah. Episode 12. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. Yeah, we're so 12 still next down. week. 12 next week. So when do we, when we do? I mean, obviously this we'll is do a Tuesday. Friday today. We'll get back uh, onto the Tuesday. I've, I've got a client Tuesday, so I want to have to do Tuesday. Uh, what what yeah. the days are you through? Try and get through on Wednesday. Then. Try and get it in on Wednesday. I'll come back after the after I'm coaching in the morning. Cool. Spot on. There we go. Episode 11, guys. Right. Enjoy your week. new year. And uh, drink a lock and be merry.